0: you ever seen that or been a part of that kind of thing? A man who stood. And and there's a situation that he's on a mountain. We'll call this Mount Carmel. And as he's there, he invites all of Israel to join him on this mountain. Because there's some issues going on at hand. There were false prophets all around saying stuff that wasn't of the Lord. And so he invites everybody up because the king of Israel, and I don't want to get deep into this story, but the king of Israel married a woman named Jezebel. And I don't want to go too deep, but I'll just give you a small sample. The small sample is they didn't really love each other. It was almost a better solution that worked out for the different countries to come together. Arranged marriage. But where she was from, there was all these different false prophets. And what she was doing was killing off the prophets of the Lord and creating these false prophets to go about and take over what God was doing. And her husband allowed it to happen, the king of Israel. And here's Elijah now in a point where there's prophets hiding in the cave and eating away because they knew that Jezebel was going to do something crazy and was trying to kill them so that the false prophets would speak things and people would try to uh, want to maybe think that that was true or not I mean there's a scripture even in the Bible that talks about even the elect will be deceived so he invites them up there and he says okay let's settle this real quick let's see who's God And it says that there's 450 false prophets, some of them that actually sat at Jezebel's table in the courts with the king and the queen. And so they all come, all of Israel comes, Jezebel doesn't come, the king comes. All the false false prophets are there. And so, I'm not going to get deep into this. I just need to set up a story to, to give you an understanding of what took place. Basically, basically what they did was, they, they said this. We'll see who the real God is. We'll see who the real God is. Here's what we'll do. You, you create a sacrifice. You, you build an altar. You kill an animal on it, and you you put wood on it, and you pray to your God to consume that altar and consume that sacrifice. This is Elijah saying to these false prophets. So the false prophets all get together. They're all up there. Everybody's around watching you. And it says all morning, they're, they're doing this. They're trying to, they built everything. They killed the animal and slain there. The wood's there. And nothing. And they're doing all these different rituals and trying to figure out and asking for their God to provide a fire to light up their sacrifice. And so Elijah, and I love Elijah because sometimes he reminds me of me. Anybody you know, you know, that's about to get you know, just kind of a smart other sometimes? Yeah. So Elijah's like, now he's being a smart aleck. Oh, you're not being loud enough. You know, maybe your God's in the other room. Maybe he's busy right now. You know, if you do a couple dances and you do this, maybe if you do it like this, he might hear you. You know, he's probably in the other room probably a Like, he starts taunting them of being a smart aleck. So they're like, yeah, we've got to get louder. we got to do this. And bottom line, when it was all said and done, nothing. It comes towards the evening now, and they're like, there's nothing. And so it was basically, okay, these 450 false prophets are standing here. There's chaos in the kingdom. There's chaos everywhere. And and nothing happened. They got it all set up. Everybody's there trying to watch something take place up on this huge mountain. And now it's Elijah's turn. Well, since your God didn't show up, maybe he'll show up tomorrow. I don't know. And so they're now wanting him to do something. Now, in the same hand, I don't want to go too deep, but i got to give you this so you can understand where we're going. In the same hand, as all this is happening, Israel is in the worst scenario ever in the surrounding land. It was called a drought. No rain, no nothing. You were lucky to have what water was like. Kind of like a four-dollar gas price. You're lucky you, get, you got some gas left for your mower this spring. <laughs> and it, it, there was there was not much water, especially on the mountain. There's no lakes up in the mountain. If you had any water that was brought up for all the people, they were big, huge jars, and it was to sustain the people. Why they were there because it was it was drought and the water was going down it kept evaporating because there was no rain. So Elijah has this burnt offering, has this all set up, and then he puts a twist on the whole situation. He says, I need the water. Now you're going to make a bunch of people mad if there's nothing but what you have to sustain you. And He takes all the huge jugs of water and dumps it over the sacrifice, dumps it over the wood. And it says that it filled the trench all the way to the top in the mountain. Filled it all the way to the rim of of the trench they built for this, this sacrifice.
1: So basically now,
0: everything's underwater except probably a little bit of the top of the wood and some of the animal laying on it. Now there's a problem. Our water's gone. We're at the top of a mountain, and there's no way we're going to be able to get something to drink. And it hasn't rained. So Elijah is praying to God, and he's asking God to do something incredible. God, consume this place. Let your glory be known that you are the God of, of everybody. Of Abraham, Isaac, if you're the true God, feel this. Because what puts out a fire? Water. Who defies water? God. Who's the living water? God. And it says as he prayed, fire from heaven swirled down and consumed the offering. Sucked it all dry. And the fire just blew up all over in front of everybody. And said that he got on his hands and knees, and he had to focus himself, and he held on so tight, and he was just praying to God and getting that focus, almost like, almost like a birthing pain, where somebody's bent down in that position, and there's something that's coming, and you've got to just hold on, praying and praying. Got sucked up, this is what happens with the fire. It takes away water. It evaporates. What was the biggest sacrifice? Not the animal, not the wood, but actually the water was the biggest sacrifice. They didn't realize, it, but they definitely needed it. And we talk about tithing at times because what's ours?
1: You. We you wouldn't for what we need <laughs> it. We need it. We gotta survive. You guys, <laughs> like, Listen, you can say obedience to what, me what, it, gets, what I say. <laughs> I'm gonna provide, and I'll break fire down, and I'll I'll
0: show myself <laughs> to you and your neighbors, and your church, and everybody else around you. If you want to continue to live the life you live, you won't be a part of that. I don't know. And that's what he said, because, he said, because he's like, Bottom line yeah. is, he,
1: where are they like, where are
0: they he sucked it all up, he, and the fire came, he the water evaporated. It was answer, in that moment that the water really evaporated, and, they and, they they could, and the could, true sacrifice so like, happened. And all of a sudden, right? there comes like, a cloud know,
1: from a distance. And the whole place turned black. That can so be a I scary did. thing so for some. So
0: that I was a sign saw. of rain. I said, well, really? That hadn't I been said, yeah, because I said, the true God so I consumed the, the, the sacrifice. sacrifice. Yeah. I can I say anything to sure. you in church,
1: right off, like, what are y'all doing out
0: here? So you just got to lay it down at like the altar so you can consume it. I don't know. What happened next in the end of this? I felt like
1: That they collected
0: the 450 bailouts, the false gods. Like they had them all all bound up. Seize them all. These are false. This, this is not the true God. God is tired of it. Sees them all. And it says in the Bible that Elijah with his sword killed 450 false prophets. They held them and he killed them himself. Now that's kind of graphic, it's real. So I tell you, the Bible's crazy. You want a good story? Read the Bible. Did it change your life? And so here we are. This whole thing takes place, and God is doing something crazy. There's fire. You can't explain it. It just came down from heaven, and all of a sudden, there comes the rain.
1: And Elijah tells the king of Israel to go tell his wife, Jezebel, what has
0: happened. And, and who, the, who the God is? Who is the, He is the, the king of kings. The I am that I am. He consumed the fire. Go tell your wife that keeps killing everybody who the real God is. So he gets in his chariot and he's racing down the hill with his horses and his buggy. And he is flying down the hill to go meet his wife. A wife that has been destroying a lot of things. Then God speaks to Elijah, and Elijah so, says that he
1: was
0: he lifted everything up into his loins, basically because they wore different outfits, he had to pull it up and told him to run down the hill.
1: Now listen, God's crazy because
0: God gave him some kind of crazy, supernatural strength. You might like superhero movies, and you might like The Flash, but this man outran the chariot and horses, and still had time because we, I'm telling you, when you're in the will of God, stuff changes, stuff happens, time stands still, because you're moving at a different pace, when you're wrecked in God's presence, you don't even realize it's time to go home, you've been here how many hours now? But when you're so consumed with yourself and your agenda, every little second counts to you, and so you don't, you can't even last in His presence. But
1: when
0: you're in presence, nothing else matters. I don't know if you've ever experienced that where God wrecked the place. I remember we did a baptism and there were over 50 people getting baptized. We were here until 4 p.m. From a 10.30 service, from an 8.30 that we get here and get everything prepared. You guys show up to church, there's already been people here preparing for the service. We didn't leave till 4 p.m. And guess what? Nobody cared. And nobody realized how late it was. Because when you're sitting in the presence of God, nothing else matters. And so he runs down and then there comes a a situation that is coming at hand because the king finally made it to Elijah and he outran the, the, the king and got to a messenger, got to Jezebel, tells Jezebel something. Listen, they consumed the fire. And here's the craziest part. It wasn't even the fact that that king is the king of kings. It was the fact that he was more, and she was more worried about 450 Baal gods just got killed. They killed your prophets, Jezebel. Now, God brought a fire from heaven and consumed the altar. More worried about themselves. Not that... Here comes a storm that we haven't seen in a long time. We're dying. Not even about that, but self. And here comes a messenger. She don't even come out. Sends a messenger and says, you need to say this to Elijah. And the messenger comes out to Elijah. She don't show herself. It says as surely as the Lord, I guess her Lord, lives. What you've done to these 450 male gods, it will happen to you in 24 hours. And now here we are. Here we are. It's powerful what God can do when we
1: surrender ourselves to him. Absolutely. Even in surrender, crazy things can happen when things are spoken up against you or you go through difficult times. And this is where we are today, where Elijah faces probably the most amazing defeat ever that he's ever seen. He goes through one of the biggest battles that he's ever been through and has the greatest victory, single-handedly taking down 450 false god prophets. And going and fighting up against Jezebel And all of a sudden Jezebel says one thing And it plants a seed in his heart Isn't it crazy because you would never think that even Elijah you know, A prophet through God could struggle um, with thinking negatively with, with worrying because you know God just used him But one of our things that we have to think about When we are talking about the power of words And as Pastor Graham was setting this up for you is because he wanted to let you know that we can do powerful things and have many things that happen that are really good, but words hold power. And when we allow words to come into our heart and set and put a negative seed in our heart, it can cause a problem. Negative self-talk is one of the worst form of words that one can take on. Negative self-talk. I want you to know that we're going to talk to you today about the power of words, and the topic of this is called self-destruct. You can separate yourself from the negativity of others, but it's hardest to separate yourself from the negativity of your thoughts. You can separate yourself and say, I don't want to be a part of that. You can take yourself off Facebook. You can take off Instagram. You can take off all social media. You can turn the news off. You can cut relationships that you know are negative for you. But in the end, you still deal with the thoughts that are in your mind. One seed of negativity planted in your mind can grow into an unmerciful forest of defeat. One seed. Because in reality, it's not what others think about you that matters, but what you think of yourself. I think my are getting back. <laughs> and when others' words can change what you think of yourself, that's when you are in a problem. So I want you to go with us to 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're going to read this part about where Elijah begins to struggle after one of his greatest victories, and all of a sudden, one negative thing that's spoken begins to set a negative seed of self-talk in his mind. It said Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me, and more also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. What? Did I read that right? It says, Then he was afraid. What? Hold up. You just got copied and was making fun and pointing out all the other prophets of this one person and this person hasn't even come to confront you and now you're
0: afraid? You just killed 450 you. people with a sword that defied God and this one person makes one statement and you're
1: afraid. Said so then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Isn't that what fear and negative self-talk wants to do? It makes you isolate yourself from everybody that's actually going to help you out. Elijah already had negative thoughts in his mind, and you know what he did? He left his companion at home, the person who could probably leave him accountable. He left him at home because he knew that if he had one good person, it could probably talk him out of some of the things that he was thinking in his mind. He said, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he lay down and slept under a broom tree, and behold, an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. There was at his head a cake baked baked on hot stones in a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again a second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in the strength of that food forty days and forty nights to Horeb, the mount of God. There he came to a cave that lodged in, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and this, and they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains, and broke into pieces the rocks before the Lord, But the Lord wasn't in the wind. After that, the wind after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in a fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous, for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even only I, am left, and I seek my life to take away. And the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And when you arrive, you shall anoint Hazael, son to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi. You shall anoint to be king over Israel, and Elijah the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Moholah. You shall anoint to be prophet in your place. And the one who escapes from the sword of Hazael shall Jehu put to death. And the one who escapes from the sword of Jehu shall Elijah put to death. Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah got to a place. That negative self-talk in his mind because of one seed that was sown led him to a place after having victory to take him the very next day to a place of suicide. That's the truth.
0: Self-destruction.
1: Self-destruct. He allowed it to set so heavily in his mind that he felt so lonely from one moment of being on a high to one moment of being in great lows. And see, this is the problem of negative self-talk. Why is it such a problem? Because there's four common forms of it. Number one is called filtering. That's magnifying the negative aspects of a situation and filtering out the positive ones. You never see the positive. You filter the positive out and you magnify the negative. Personalizing. When something bad happens, you automatically blame yourself. Self-guilt. catastrophizing, we've heard this before, automatically anticipating the worst, and polarizing, you only see things as good or bad, there's no happy medium. there's no happy medium. nothing is good, and what's crazy is I think most of us live this way, we either live off the highs or the lows in our lives, we cannot find a medium constant to live in with God. We want the great big things, and if it doesn't happen our way, the way that we see it, or the way that we think that it should happen. And I think Elijah got so frustrated because he was expecting Jezebel to bow her knee to the king of kings and the lord of lords, and for those prophets to turn around, and it didn't come out the way he expected. Instead, he was putting more turmoil and another fight, another battle. And I think at that point he was exhausted. Have any of you in this room ever felt exhausted? From emotionally feeling like you're constantly fighting something. Ever? Problem with negative self-talk is it doesn't just stay in your mind, but it often leads to actions you regret. The things you think create the actions that you do. It steals your joy, it steals your relationships, it steals your hopes, it steals your dreams and it steals your opportunity to do anything else that's good. Negative self-talk is self-destructive. It leads to and feeds anxiety, depression. And do you realize people who talk to themselves negatively in their mind are the most stressful people you'll ever meet? Because that's all they know. Everything is chaotic. It's chaotic inside to the word self-destruct. It means behavior when you repeatedly do things that will harm you physically, mentally, or both. Self-destruct. When you repeatedly do things that will harm you physically, mentally, or both. I think that Elijah didn't just have this problem once before because I don't think he just got to this point. I think that he struggled with this, this issue for some time I think he had dealt with it because he had already said that he felt alone that nobody had rise, rose up to go with them you know I mean how do you think he probably felt at first to go up on the mountain and know that there are people that serve God and he's doing this all by himself
0: they were so afraid and trapped by Jezebel and what was going on with these bell gods that uh, it, that's why it blows my mind that Elijah he stood up against the entire nation and even the ones that were just kind of skittish on the outside. You know, like if there's a wreck, you know who steps up. Some people get out of their car and help. Other people want to spectate and take videos. You know what I mean? There's people that just won't, without a thought, just jump in and want to save somebody. And
1: there's other people that are hesitant. I not always want to say anything anyways you know, <laughs> they're just you know the time
0: passes by and I, I think at out. times the I problem is he is in this position and <laughs> wow. he's like to we're her, I'm, I'm I, tired I, I, of this she's got the power. this isn't
1: who is 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 God, God, God,
0: God created yeah. this he, he didn't deliver us from when Egypt to do this he didn't deliver us out of Egypt to have this moment like this he's the real deal he did put a fire by night and a cloud by day for the for the Israelites getting out of Egypt. He can drop a fire on an altar instantly. And he destroys it. He stands up. And then when news got to this one woman that was controlling everything, he takes off running. You just stood up in front of an entire nation and killed 450. And because of the voice of one, it caused you to have self-negative talk. How many times have you talked yourself out of things? Because it's all negative. Personally, how many times have we done this? Where uh, uh, I mean, it's it's one thing somebody telling you and you're, you're coming at you and beating you down, but most of the stuff you go through is in your head. We're, we're, it's self-destructive. Self-destructive. And, and that's the problem we face.
1: Well, I think what happened is, just got to a tipping point. And if you ever feel like you're at a tipping point? Like, you dealt long enough, and then you're like, like, I'm over it. Like, I don't want to take more. The I don't God. I know you love me, but you're God, so you need to do something because I'm about to freak out. Amen. <laughs> like, I'm for real. Like, I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm going to lose my salvation. I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose it because I feel like I've fought long enough and hard enough and I've done enough. And can can I ever be enough for you,
0: God? It's nothing ever good enough. I'm at a tipping point now. Well, here's what's funny is, like she said, if you read the story, I had to tell you the other story. Because don't we go through different chapters in our life that are, man, God is on top. God is amazing. God's doing this. And then all of a sudden, we have this. This self-talk that is so negative. Oh, I don't even know how I gonna survive it. Oh, she's she's gonna kill me. Oh, in within 24, hours, I gotta run. I gotta hide. And then take the person that you, you're. You're. Listen. What happens? This is what the enemy always wants to do. He always wants to isolate you. So I'm going to go ahead and get rid of the people that I know that I'm always with, that are with me when I'm standing there saying, no, this is what we're doing. No, we're going to walk by faith. And what happens? They start isolating the people that are seriously crazy enough to have crazy faith. And then he finds himself. It doesn't mean that he was trying to get away, go to the wilderness. You know, I'm just going to go hit that one tree up and go sit by it. No. No. That's where he fell over. He knew what he was doing, going out there. He was going out there to isolate to himself, to die, and and to get away from all kinds of stuff. Why? Because in his mind, he was talking to himself, thinking, this isn't going to work. She's going to kill me. Everybody's against me. And then he says all that he says, which is not true. Not true at all. When the angel of the Lord, can, can I just back up? Have you not seen what God has done? Look what the Lord has done. He saved your soul. And not only that for him, he saw the fire fall. God gave him the victory, let the whole nation know. And then because of somebody's words, it caused him to have words of his own, and then he lays there, thinking that he's dying. And then all of a sudden, here comes the Lord again with a miracle. An angel of the Lord is tapping him. Wake up! Wake up! And not only wake up. By the way, I make you some bread, and here's a big glass of iced tea, or whatever you're you're, you're into. Whatever. Here's some water. startled by it, it doesn't even shake him, of a moment that God is doing something. And then he starts saying, well, you just might as well just kill me because she's, you know, this and that's going on and this is all, and you, they're, they're self-destruct right there. And now I'm the only one left. In the fact that he knows for a fact that he's not the only one left. He knows that other prophets of God have been hiding out in the cave Waiting because they have been hunted. He knows for a fact he's not the only one. But what happens when self-talk starts to destruct you in your mind? You isolate from people and you start telling lies that aren't true. And you know what the truth is. You know there's people for you. You know those same people want to help
1: you. I think there's a word for that. It's called numb. you ever been to a place where nothing matters, you're just numb to it all? Doesn't matter if good happens, doesn't matter if bad happens, doesn't matter if mediocre happens, you are numb to it all. And what is so crazy is when we allow negative self-talk to be in our mind, we can have Jesus Christ in our heart and still be numb to his presence. And he was numb to the presence when the angel came along. He was numb to the positive of what God was doing in his life because he so heavily had beaten himself down in his mind. I think part of it is he was afraid that he was going to look bad if Jezebel actually did kill him because then it meant that God wasn't real. I think he was afraid of a lot of things and all these things came into his mind and he literally ran, had already ran down the mountain faster than the chariot, and here he is again running but going the opposite direction than what he was supposed to do. How many times do you find yourself running backwards instead of forward?
0: Running away from what God called you to do. Running away from the things of God. We see We see it all the time. Churches across America, across the world, you see it all the time. People run out of the church. and They run from other things. And they run from situations. that they don't want to just step and know if God has did it before, He can do it again. If He brought fire down, He'll do it again. Who cares about this Jezebel? He's going to be it, But He ran. And it and then the angel wakes him up. And he's so jacked up with his self-talk that he passes out again. I'm thinking after the fire, that should have sparked a fire. Like I don't care what this person is saying. Long live the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I don't care what this person. And then when, the, when he wakes up. There's a journey ahead. You need to eat. You need to drink, and he passes back out again and falls back. Like that would that would have shook me to my core. And I didn't smell nobody making bread. We've been in a drought and it's still, you know, still coming down, so what's going on here? And he gets it and he falls back asleep. And he wakes up and says the exact same. How many times have you said the same things over and over? How many times has that negative talk to yourself has caused you and has been an illusion and has caused you to separate and go and do other things and you're so wrapped up in the thing that you think is so big and there's so many people for you but you've isolated under a tree and thought, okay, well this is just it. I might as well keep going further and further and further. And they were like, get up because there's, there's work to be done and the work wasn't for him to go further out. It was to go back. And even though he ate and got up to get strength, he still went the wrong way. What and in it? that like this, so love that we can have one more encounter in between all the frustration in our mind. And we whoa man, that was powerful. God moved. This angel came and this bread was here. And then still keep walking in the negative direction.
1: Come on.
0: Amen. Come on. To a point where God's like, what are you doing here?
1: Come on. And you would think.
0: God's like, this ain't the time for you being up here. I need you down there because somebody's got to be a remnant that's gonna step up and say, declares the Lord, I am that I am. Said this, and we, we we have this self-talk that shuts us down every time, that takes us back every time. And when stuff don't add up and it all feels like you're you're against the wall and all hell's breaking loose, we try to run and hide under something to be in the. Oh, I don't get it, God. And then blame everybody that is for you. This stuff happens a lot. God is for you. Who can be against you? Amen. That's the bottom line. Self-destruction is keep talking to yourself, and you keep telling these stories over and over in your head until you start believing the lies. Then you become an eventual liar, don't even know what the truth is. Over and over saying this. Well, I can't do this. I'm not going to. Well, people do this all the time. Kids do it with testing. Adults do it with tests. And all the kind of stuff. Don't think you can out of it. Can't do this. Can't go here. Can't be this. Can't have this entrepreneurship. Can't buy this. Can't. Do. We talk ourselves out of so many things. How much further would you be if you would not have talked yourself out of it? Self-destruction. Right. And you get to it. And here's what's so crazy about it all. That the Lord was still providing things in your mess. To try to get you to get get some gird up, get some strength about yourself, because the journey's going to be great. Not the journey of you walking, the journey of what I'm trying to do with you. It was a day journey to where he hit the tree. And it was 40 days to where he got to the mountain. And here's the thing, what Jezebel said didn't even happen. And here's the thing today, guys. What Jezebel said still didn't happen. We're 2,800 years later and she still didn't kill
1: him. She didn't even chase him. She didn't even send anybody after him. Well,
0: if you know the story, he gets in his own little firing chair. He's one of the only ones that's walked off with gun and never died.
1: I think of this scripture right here, 1 Peter 5, verse 8. It says, be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. The word sober comes from the Greek word sophron. It's not referring to an absence of intoxicating substances, but denoting the presence of a soundness of thought. I think about this with Elijah because he was not alert and he was not sober-minded at that point. He was passed out like somebody who was intoxicated and inebriated. He was under that broom tree, and God began to speak to me, and he said, Our negative self-talk clouds our judgment and intoxicates us into spiritual inebriation. It makes up, do you know what somebody does when they're inebriated? Dumb stuff.
0: That it's going to happen to him, what what he did to them, or it's going to happen to her. If That doesn't happen, and he takes off. And here's the thing I want to tell you: it's not necessarily what that person said to him; it's what he said to himself
1: after. That's right.
0: Because that's exactly that made the huge. That was the self-destructive moment for him. Because how many know? There's people say some crazy stuff, right? People say stuff about you. People talk crazy. I don't care if it's at work. It does not matter. And it's, how how do you respond to it? What do you say? What do you say? Does it hurt sometimes? Absolutely. But if you've seen God do something incredible, can you stand on the truth still? Even though it feels, I mean, we're talking within the same moment of a mountain experience to what a messenger said to him that led him out there for a, a day's trip to take off. And it wasn't what she said. It was what he said to himself after. And that's, I think, the problem we have at times. We let those seeds come into our life. And then we start chewing on it a little bit. And then we keep saying Then we think that we're never going to be anything. Or we're always going to be in a, a rut. Or we're always going to be doing this. Or nothing ever is going to add up. I'm always going to be this way. I'm always going to be stuck in this. And it's just like what we say about terror. terrible hope. I'm always, I gotta get, it's not even that. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's another (laughs) psalmist. Psalmist.
1: That's the importance of being sober-minded. Yeah. If self-destruct means doing something repeatedly that causes physical, mental harm, or both. Yeah. When I looked up what sober meant, It literally stated in the definition that when you are sober-minded, when you are sober in your mind, you save yourself from mental and physical harm. So wait a minute. That means I have to really begin to think positive thoughts and do things that are positive and not continue to think negative and put my mind. And why does it say, renew your mind daily? I'll tell you what. Sometimes I need to renew my mind like every minute. Because my thoughts can go real loud. And this is the problem with Elijah. Is his thoughts were loud. They were so loud and chaotic at this time. That when he goes into the cave. Here he is in the cave. Now he's traveled 40 more days. He's in the cave. And God says go out to the front of the cave. And here's what happens. Is he hears this violent wind. that It says it literally crushes the rocks.
0: It says that God passes by. And in the wind. Destroys the rocks, and then the earthquake shakes everything. And then a the fire. And then the fire. And here's what the craziest thing is, church. Because if you don't get some stuff right, you're going to think that oh, oh man, God's moving. I saw that fire once. I'm like, that is out the same fire. Instead, the elect will be deceived. Because you got to be really careful. What you see and what God was trying to say to them was, look, I passed by. But I wasn't in that day. You saw a fire. You saw it consume an altar. You heard about what it did at night to warm the, the Israelites from, Israel, from, from Egypt. But that fire you just saw, that wasn't me either. That earthquake, that wasn't me. And the problem we have is we think at those moments when that all, when we're going through all that stuff, that some little thing will spark or somebody might say something that, that's not me. Who are you listening? What are you? What are you doing? Where are you going? What are you doing? I, I, I honestly feel like that—that—that that, that happens a lot when you're just wandering and don't. What? Hello? Why?
1: But if your mind is is chaotic, have you ever been so chaotic in your mind that everything around you is loud? And so that's how you realize everything is, that everything around you is loud. Everything is chaotic. When your thoughts are loud, everything is. And what we have a problem with, and I think what Elijah struggled with at this moment, is he expected God to speak to him the same as what he was going through. He expected God to speak to him and be loud. He expected him to shake everything because inside was shaken. Inside was broken. Inside was burning on fire from the things that he had been going through. And God was like, no, I ain't going to talk to you like the world is talking to you. I need you to get quiet. I need you to calm your thoughts because God is not a God of chaos. He's not going to speak to you the same way that the world's speaking to you. And he's not going to talk to you the same way that you talk to yourself. And I think that's why in this, God, babe, is because what happens is most of the time we are looking for God in the wrong things.
0: Well, because he tells him, he says, listen, go out to the edge. Come out. Come out here. And when you're out here, look at all this stuff. And guess what he saw? Basically, it's the image of what was going on inside his head. That's not me in the wind. That's not me in that earthquake. What is he looking at? What was happening on the inside, he got to see on the outside. See all this destruction and all this stuff? That's not me. That's not me. He finds himself in a mountain speaking so he's thinking okay well I want to spend time with God and God challenges him what are you doing here I think we got to ask that question what are you doing here not like well I came to church no 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 that place you are in your mind what are you doing here and he asked him again and I keep and I, I told my wife this it keeps reminding me of other situations And I think what happens is, is we have to realize something. Can you all see me okay up here? I don't sound weird up here. just want to just get up in the other mountain because if I can hide out, you know, nothing else is going to matter. I like that. You ever seen that with a little kid trying to play hide and seek? They hide their face, their butt, and their back's all out, and you're like, I see you. But as long as they don't see you, they're still so in God does the same thing, like, leave you. I see you're hiding but you're not hiding I see you I need you because there's still work to be done Elijah did amazing things and here's what's crazy God was still needing to use him to do amazing more things and and what has happened is what has happened in this mountain experience and in this, in this tree experience when he leaves it was like I don't get what the heck everybody preaches about that Oh, man, he killed all of them. He cast fire down. Nobody really wants to talk about this next part of his life, which was within a day. So you're telling me, you're like, Oh, yeah, God's good. Praise the Lord. And then, oh, I'm I'm done. I'm this. It's like somebody that's bipolar. It goes from one extreme to another. And it wasn't even about the thing with Jezebel. I don't know. When you listen to the scripture, did you hear it? Did you hear when the angel of the Lord was tapping and get your drink, get your food? Did you hear when God said, what are you doing here? Go out there, look, this, 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 that's not me. Did you hear it? He did not mention Jezebel's name one time. The whole back end of that story was never about Jezebel. The angel of the Lord didn't mention Jezebel. God just like, yeah, I'm going to have trouble with Jezebel. No, what he has trouble with is your mind. Got it. Got it. it wasn't even about Jezebel. I, I wrote this down. And I think you need to do this. If I, you do it later, I, so you, you can't do this right now. But it's something you really have to think about. But you've got to be intentional. We talked about Elijah being, feeling like he was alone doing all this in front of everybody. And he had servants, and he had people that helped serve, and do all these things, but he just felt like he was alone. I think there needs to be a list that you need to write down on a piece of paper, or if you want to type it out. I don't know how that looks for you. But on that list, write... this other person, my husband needs me, my wife needs me, and then, you know, I help serve at the church, so there's some stuff there that I need, I'm needed here, and I'm needed there, and I'm a part of this committee, so that I'm needed there, and I'm needed here, and you know, the, I got an aunt that needs me a couple times, and I got, who needs you? Write the list of everybody that needs you. I promise your list is going to be pretty long. And then when you're done with that list, write another list. Who feeds you? Write a list of the people in your life that is helping feed you. Helping shape and direct what God is doing. Who are those people in your life? Now I can tell you just off the top of my head, that list is kind of uneven for me at times. And what happens is, if the list is uneven at times, you become in the red zone. And when you're in the red zone, it's not balanced out. Because you're more filling in the need, i think than getting the balance of being fed. We got a life in this moment of, they need me, this needs me, I'm the only one left, I need needed and we go through life and people go through these cycles over and over feel like they need to do this need to do that I'm going to another dog I got 10 I'm going to get 11 they, that dog needs me I like get in all kinds of weird things and everything people with relationships people that are just like a project to somebody I better stop it, it isn't Jezebel that's the problem The problem is you're out of balance. You are out of balance. You're self-destructing. And everything's caving in. And you're telling yourself all these things. And you're running from the truth. You're running from who God is. You're running from the calling. And you're blaming everybody else. You're self-destructing. We do this to ourselves. We're not happy until someone needs us. I mean, this is real talk right here, man. i am telling you right now. We're not happy until someone needs us. For a lot of people, it's a hidden symptom of low self-esteem. Because everybody is more important than us. We keep putting ourselves on the back burner because secretly we don't think we matter enough to prioritize ourselves to get what we need. So we can keep certain people with more moderation, with more space between. That's what we have to do. There's not that God wants people around, but you've got to separate. You've got to have moderation. the space. You gotta, it, it's healthy. So we're available for God and available for what He wants to do. We have this this low self-esteem. I can't do one thing unless somebody needs me. I don't know who I am unless somebody needs me. And we get ourselves into a bad spot. Again, not one time when Elijah was running What's Jezebel mentioned? We got him under a tree. In a cave. It has nothing to do with Jezebel. Not one thing to do with Jezebel. Not one thing. It has everything to do with how his life is structured in order. I said it last week. You put a system in place, you'll see the results change. You just try to keep getting a different result and doing the same stuff, it's not going to happen. You've got to fix the structure and system so that the result will change. As stress mounts up, more pressure is laid on you, and you have added structure that's not necessary. It puts more weight on you. I say it like this. You can't put an anointing over an emotional glass. You can't do it. You can call it what you want. You can't put an anointing over it. But I'm the bad guy for saying it. You see what I'm saying? Like, this is, oh, you're just coming in. Oh, you just, this is what happens. And he found himself in the same position. Well, nobody nobody loves me. I'm all alone. Might as well kill me. Might as well. They do this. This church does this. This job does this. This family member does this. So you're telling me it's everybody around you and not you? Sometimes you've got to look within. Because you're self-destructing and you are doing something that is very dangerous. You are bleeding on people who never cut you. I'm trying to, here's a wrap for your cut arm, but you keep bleeding on me and don't. I said it to the youth, we're talking about friendship. And I said, the problem is, is you can't help somebody that doesn't want to participate in their own healing Because they were asking, well, what do you do with a friend that don't? You know, serve God and want to, and it kind of is a weird. We're just to talk back there for real. What do you do with that? There's some, there's some hard stuff to talk about, but it applies in all areas. But the angel of the Lord still wake up, and God's like, listen, this isn't me, but guess where I am? In the small, still voice, all God was doing. All God did is call him outside of the cave and to give him instruction and to give him strategy. You have to change the pattern and regain the balance. God is trying to get you still enough. The still small voice. Can you get still enough? Is God still enough? Is he still enough for you? Can you stand still enough? Can you hear the small voice? That still small voice. When all chaos is running, what is he saying? And that's what it is. the it's, it's so loud. And everything is so loud. And it's, you're such at a distance. It's like, what are you doing? This is what God has said to do. And you're so distant from it. You can blame anybody you want, but you've got to get in your own mind. It is not Jezebel's fault. She Was she crazy? Absolutely. This wasn't about her. This was about your mindset. When you face her, we all face things. It's your mindset and how. If not, it will disrupt. And guess what happens when it disrupts? Everybody you're close to gets impacted by it. And we don't want to see it, because either either we just turn a blind eye, or we're seriously that naive. When things are for really real, it's not like that, it, it, you cast people out or nothing, it's just that, listen, God is trying to, I can't fix it. And, and Elijah was at this state, man, you just killed, over at that mountain, all these crazy people. And then you come down the mountain, and then you run to get on this mountain. And then God speaks and you feel like you had a moment with God. And he's, then he's saying, why are you in the mirror? I didn't call you up to the mountain. What are you doing? I need you in the valley. Because something's happening. And I need you to have that boldness you had in that other mountain that I did call you up to. But I need you to get back. And, and then here's the final thing. He tells you. Go back to where you came from in the same way. Now, you know that that walk there was a crazy walk because of the cell. Now I'm the only one, and she's trying to get me, and everybody's going to come, and, and she's already passing out. And you ever been like, has anybody ever had a depression so bad you don't want to get out of bed? You've rolled up and rolled up in fetal position, and you're just struggling. Uh. Like, has that been a real deal, and anxiety, and everything? And, and what is it? It's not somebody that has got a regular and saying, you just stay right there, and keep doing that. No, what is it? It's right here. You are you staying here because you're self destructing here. And then God's like, what are you doing here? I called you. I don't know who I'm talking to today, and I, I hope that this is hitting home. But I'm telling you right now, no matter how far you've gone, 40 days, 40 years, 40, I don't know. But he still wants you to continue to turn around and go back. He still called you to use you. Is there a process? Absolutely. That's what his word says. But why does people get mad in the process? God is trying to speak to him and guess what? Through that whole journey back, he's having this process, trying to figure it out and get things in order. He would not been able to do what he did next if he was still in that same mindset. And here's a problem we face around the globe at churches. And if anybody's in the league, well, well, you know, God loves me despite this or whatever the case is. But if your mind is still not, you can't leave with that mindset. Mom. Is that real? Yes. That's real talk. That's for real. True. And Elijah was at that point of just laying down. He didn't say he took a bath. He probably still had blood on him. Oh, I'm going to you're bloody from murdering 450 people. And you got one person speaking and whispering in your ear. Had nothing to do with her. You hear it a lot if you're a Christian. Jezebel's Jezebel spirit. There's a Jezebel spirit on that. I'm not saying that that's not real. But man, we want to, don't you get past the Jezebel spirit and look this. There's a mind that needs help. That's good stuff. There's a mind that needs Jesus. <laughs> Jezebel could have been a great leader. Look how strong she led in the wrong direction. This is where we're at. God wants to use you. What is what it? Nobody makes you do anything. And when God's trying to speak to you and he's saying, why, why are you here? And,
1: and it's not a question of like,
0: I don't, I don't care.
1: It's not a question of why are you here? Like,
0: you know, it's all how you say it, I guess. But it's not even that he doesn't care. It's he's saying, and his grace is sufficient for your need. If you're putting yourself in this position, you keep prolonging what I need you to do because you keep running in your mind these scenarios that are not real. I'm, I need you, no matter what you do, where you are in life, what what your position is. Just because this is this so Just because you go to church
1: don't make you a Christian. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the same. Can you ask about don't why? I'm
0: going to jump right out of this room.
1: I'll
0: try,
1: I'll try it, you. <laughs> hey, you to catch you. So, so listen, I keep getting stuck real quick on that, about God asking, why are you here? And I think one thing we have to realize is God will never have to ask you why you are where you are if you were just in His will in the first place. That has to be something to your mind to let you know, oh, if god's asking me why i'm here maybe i shouldn't be here if god's asking me where are you at just like adam and eve he knew where they were but maybe i shouldn't be doing what i'm doing not just as a question of like so i can spill all the beans to him and tell him exactly how i feel god already knows how you feel he knows every thought he knows where you are but i think we really need to take when god asks us questions like that, to look in deep inside and really say, God's checking me to say
0: what am I doing where I am? Well here's another level of it, is because he's having that moment like you're saying in the mountain it wouldn't have been for long if he would have just obeyed over here by the tree If he just wouldn't have ran in
1: the first
0: place Of course if he wouldn't have ran in the first place, but when the angel of the Lord spoke to him, woke him Gave him food and drink. Guess what he did? This happens, guys, to the the best of people. This is the Lord speaking and trying to tell you the right thing. And then you still curl up like it didn't matter. And fall back asleep. And however long that slumber is, I'm telling you there's been people in a slumber that's got to wake up. There is sleeping giants in this room that listen online. And I don't know how long that's over until you say it again. Hey, oh, I, I got something for you. I got I, I need you in this I need you for this moment. You gotta get up. You gotta eat. You gotta get going. I don't want to, just kill me. I'm just over it. I mean, it just never ends up or oh this and it, it, it's because of this and, and you all of a sudden there, the self-destruction, it's like get up. And who's holding them down? Is there a couple a couple chairs, a couple bodies holding them down? No! There's no pressure! Only what you put in your mind. Nobody's forcing you down. You're ain't getting up, you're down here, you're all down. There's no pressure. You have laid yourself down. And your mind is destructive to yourself for things that are not even what they are. But I feel needed here and I feel needed there. Well, I don't feel needed anymore, so I can't admit it. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. And he's like, get up. There ain't even nothing on you. Nothing's holding you down. Why are you bound? But you're all chained up and you're hung up. I just can't get out of these chains. There's no lock. Shake it off. That's that's, that's, that's what he's trying to say. He's like, I like to get out of this mind. That self-destruct thing is happening. It just it blows, and then it's just like it's hard to come back. But please, don't get yourself to a place where you feel like you can't ever come back, and it's, you're gone. Have you seen this in family members? Have you seen it in churches? Knock us out. Uh, workplaces that just up and leave? It's like, what, what, hold on, hold on. What is the main issue that you're dealing with? Because it can't, it can't just be in this one moment. It's something that has happened over time. Like I said, every small decision adds up. Get up. Get going. Because <laughs> Elijah didn't, he wasn't ready for God. What are you doing here? He comes up in the mountain. He's like, go out here and check this out. I'll walk by. I didn't tell. I didn't have a tell of things behind me. The only thing that his train did was fill the temple. That destruction wasn't him. That was the mindset he had. And it was going crazy. But he spoke to him in a whisper. You need to anoint him, you need to do this, you need to do this. I've already told you, you need to get going back the way you came. Because I have something in store. And the most greatest things happen. So can I can I give you some wisdom? This is you see how jacked up this man was? All been jacked up. And he's the only other person in the entire Bible that stayed alive and went to heaven. Enoch walked up with God. Elijah, a chariot of fire came down, swooped him up, and took him to heaven. Never died. God still was like, look, I'm taking you with me. I don't care what the ride is or how the ride goes, I just want to be with the Lord. However it is. No matter what you face or if it's a Jezebel or some giant or whatever it is that is to you that is beating you down. If you're listening so much that everybody needs me and who's speaking, if it's all out, you're in the red zone, red zone, red zone, red zone, red zone. It needs to balance out because you are going to wear yourself out. Wear yourself out so thin that you're going to find yourself just stepping away. How many times have we done that where we just step back and we're just, I'm over and I'm done? It wasn't the, that moment. It wasn't, what, what did we say? It was the, the straw that broke the camel's back? There was way more than one straw. How about some more straws that built the bricks? That, it was just over and over. And it wasn't just that moment of the straw. It was what was already happening in the mindset that caused you to take yourself away from then he had to go get a surgeon. Then he had to go find and, and anoint somebody and put a cloak over Elisha. And Then he had to go anoint the new king. And He had to get everything in order for what God was about to do. Self-destruct. Stand with me, when We're going to sing this song. And uh, I know this word was a little different today because, man, I'm telling you, it's real talking. The things we do in our mind that self-destruct. And guess who gets the blame sometimes? The people we love the most. We pop off on them. And it's like, what the heck did I do? And, and it comes out in different ways. But I'm telling you, God wants to use you. He did something great with him in a mountain. And he did something great with him after he left. He still went the wrong direction, but God still used him. But why did he use it? Because he got his mind back in order and went back, declaring the Lord, and stood on the boldness of who God was. We have these setbacks sometimes. But don't let them set you back so far that you don't do anything. He wants to use you. You're unique. He has a plan. These altars are open. We're going to sing this a few times and i want to pray and dismiss this. Just let these words sink into you. Let this, this word sink into you. We're gonna spend a few minutes. If you want to come forward and pray, or just pray in your seat, that's fine.